Now back to the Pete McMurray Show. Here's Pete, Rob, and Lisa. Listen to that guitar riff. I mean, come on now. Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators have a brand new album entitled Four. Let's welcome back to the show one of the greatest guitarists ever in the history of music. It is Slash. How are you, brother? I'm actually really good. I'm really good. Man, I was looking at your tour schedule. So you're on tour with Miles and the Conspirators now, and you have about three hours off, and then you go back on tour with Guns N' Roses. You're always on the road. Yeah, and then when the Guns tour is over, then I go back with the Conspirators, and that's that's next year. So we're touring all the way through from May with Guns from May through next into next year, and then start with the Conspirators. Jeez, man, do you find yourself sitting at home, laying in bed, and picking up the phone on your nightstand and trying to order room service when you're at home? No, I've, I've, <laughs> it's so funny because you know I've heard about that. I've heard uh, some of my sort of rock star heroes when I was a kid talking about that. And then there comes the time when you, you know, you just wake up and you think I need coffee and you just pick up your phone and you dial zero. <laughs> and it, you know, and it, it does happen. That's it's- how you know you're a real rock star. Friends. <laughs> Who did well. you grow up? Because I grew up listening to you with Guns N' Roses. I love Jimmy Page. I mean, who was your guitarist guy? Was it Jimmy Page? Because you kind of have the, a little bit of that sound. Yeah, well, no, Jimmy was a big one for me. I think originally when I first started, it was, uh, I mean, Aerosmith was a big turn on for me. Mm-hmm. So it was Joe and Brad. And then ACDC had just come out around that time as well. And I was totally into Malcolm Young and, and Angus Young. But yeah, Jimmy Page and, and Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton, and Jimi Hendrix. These were the main guys that they were like the, the pinnacle of rock guitar, right. rock blues guitar. So those guys were, you know, sort of like, gods <laughs> you know the song on your new album the river rising is such a signature slash sound i mean you have such a unique sound do you do you always strive for that when you're writing music no you just you just do what you do but that's always like the coolest compliment that people can hear you well you know if they they say that they hear you and they know it's you and that's that's like something that you can't plan really. I mean, you can try and invent your own techniques and this and that and the other, but I mean, really what you end up sounding like yourself is something that you don't necessarily have control over, <laughs> you know, whether that's recognizable or not. But that's and, uh, awesome. Cause that it, means you're not like overthinking anything. I feel yeah. like so many times artists, we get like wrapped in our heads and you overthink like what questions you're going to ask, what music you're going to play, what you're going to wear, what like, and you just get yourself in, tied up in knots and you just seem the opposite of that i'm i'm conscious of of not overthinking them because it's easy (laughs) but i i sort of shun that kind of you know that you know that being part of your process is is like to sit there and analyze stuff too much because it's just it's very spontaneity is something that's the magic of it and if you can nail it spontaneously it's beautiful so try and strive for that I'm glad you said that because I'm a music and a sports guy and I make it analogous to a 50 goal scorer trying to take a penalty shot. He starts to overthink what he's going to do as opposed to just doing it. At what point in your life did you know you're, you're riffing on the guitar, you're doing your thing. At what point did you know I can really do this? And I think this is going to be big. I haven't. Did you have a seminal moment or was I haven't gotten there yet? (laughs) (laughs) I'm still working on it. Oh, fair enough. No, it's true. Like, you know, uh, I just, I started doing it for the love of doing it. And 
I, you know, and I, I jumped in with both legs like right away and started in bands before I really had any business playing in front of anybody. And you just, you just go for it flying by the seat of your pants and you're still, I'm still doing it that way. I mean, I've had some success, obviously, you know, with Guns N' Roses and all the different things that, but I mean, I just keep plugging away and plugging away and it's still a work in progress. You know? When did you start playing? How old were you when you first went on stage in front of a crowd and you're playing rock music? Uh, I, well, I started, I, the first gig I did was a, a, a gig at Al's Bar, which is a very adult 21 and over place <laughs> in downtown Los Angeles. And my dad's friends had a covers band that was played like, you know, Stones and, and Creedence Clearwater and Muddy Waters and stuff like that. And, uh, I, you know, I, my dad took me down there and I jumped up and play, started playing with those guys. And I was I, at the time, I think I was about 16 or wow. something oh, and like that, that was like my first professional gig because they gave me beer afterwards so i guess I- <laughs> <laughs> when when did you start wearing the top hat did you wake up one day and say you know i need a thing i'm gonna wear a top hat at this gig how did that no, start i uh well i always i always wore a hat that was always for me i always thought that was like the way to the only way you could finish a look was to top it off with a hat but i was uh guns was playing at the whiskey it was 1985 and, uh, you know, we didn't have any money or anything like that. And I went down to Melrose, which is a pretty popular shopping area, cool shopping area in L.A. Used to be anyway. And uh, uh, I went down there and I went into this store, uh, which was called Retail Slut at the time. And Tammy Downs from Faster Pussycat actually worked there. OK. All right. There, I saw the top hat. And I thought that's that's sort of cool. And I think I'd seen other people wear them over the years and always thought they were sort of cool. Anyway, so I. I uh, picked up the top hat, I put it on and it looked cool. And then I walked out of the store with it. And then I went next door and there was a Leathers and Treasures, really cool vintage leather place. And I picked up a a hat band or actually it was a belt, but I cut it up and made it into a hat band. And I wore it that night at the whiskey and it just became a thing that I felt really comfortable in. Because I was always, you know, like all things considered, you, as a performer, you get out there and you jump around and this and that. But I'm not that outspoken a guy and I get really shy in front of people. And so the hat, you could just pull it down, pull your hair over your face. Right. And, and you could just hide there. And no, it didn't matter what state of mind you were in. If you're having a bad hair day, you could just put the, the hat on. <laughs> I want to know if you've ever hid things in the hat, like extra picks, a pack of smokes, maybe a well, little bottle of something. No, no. But I do have a hat box. Right. And I put a lot of it in that. <laughs> <laughs> that I believe. How many hats do you go on tour with? You have to have more than one. Just one. That's right? it. Yeah, it's always been about just having one. I'm not like a big hat collector or anything like that. But I mean, I've been through a lot over the years. I've been many nights I've woken up somewhere and realized my hat was stolen or I had one that got, I got stuck in the rain in London one time and the next morning the hat was just melted. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not what you would call a real collector. Like I don't have like a big shrine of hats. <laughs> That's so not a funny. hoarder like you, Pete. He can keep it simple. <laughs> he <Yeah>. can. <laughs> Uh, we're talking with Slash. The new album is called uh, Four with Miles Kennedy. By the way, I've seen you a few times at the Riv. I love Miles Kennedy. That guy's voice is just off the charts. I love him. Yeah, he's great. I mean, that's why we've been together for so long. I mean, I didn't even realize it until we started working on this record that it's our fourth record, but we've been together for 10 years. You know, so I was like, wow, 10 years went by really quick. That's the longest I've been in any band. <laughs> <laughs> Do you- 
you know? Do you feel like the current music scene that there are great guitarists that are young and coming up? Because it seems like we had so many great guitarists in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And now I just feel like everything is like synth pop. Well, I mean, you know, there's amazing guitar players out there and I'm, I'm very aware of it because you know, like all the social networking platforms and stuff, people are posting stuff on YouTube and on Instagram and SoundCloud and whatnot. And there are like more guitar players out there than I ever realized. And I mean, I've been doing this for a long time and it just seems like there's a lot of really amazing guitar players and they all started like seven years old. They're, they're incredible before (laughs) they're 12. So that there's that going on. But I think that for a long time, you know, uh, guitar goes in and out of vogue as far as pop music is concerned like one minute it's really a popular sound and then all of a sudden it's like oh no guitar's dead and it goes away for a minute so in recorded you know in music and in, in rock and roll and pop music and all that there's different phases where there's a lot of guitar there's not a lot of guitar right now it's one of those periods where in pop music there's not a lot of guitar in, in your opinion, there are a lot of guitar players out there you came up in an age where social media was just non-existent. It has, has that changed things as, yeah. Has, has that changed things for the best? Right. Exactly. Um, you know, it's better or the worse. It sort of goes with the times. I think social networking as it is right now, if we'd had that in the seventies and eighties, it would have been so over the top, you know, like <laughs> hedonistic to a point of just being almost illegal. Um, but I think just I think it's sort of evolved with things in a way that it's 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 it makes sense at this point, you know. OK, I have a kind of a serious question. So we know oh. a lot of professional musicians just from years and years of being by those giant speakers start losing their hearing. Uh-huh. And <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. What? What? what do you... <laughs> I was like watching all these videos and listening to the new album and hearing your hands are so nimble what do you fear more arthritis or hearing loss at this point i'm interested it would have to be arthritis because i have hearing loss as it is so my ears are pretty damaged but arthritis would be and i'm constantly battling with that and uh, anti-inflammatories so that you don't get pins and needles during the show because that makes it really hard to play so there's you know you're conscious of all that stuff and when you're on stage, you're playing for two straight hours. It's like you're working out Ooh. for two hours straight. What do you do before the show? Are you eating, not eating? Tell me about I your do, pre-show ritual and when you get on stage. I don't really do anything except for just play my guitar and just hang out until it's showtime. That's it? He doesn't overthink it. Yeah, I just go go down to the gig and we do a sound check and you get all that together and then you just hang out and wait till it's showtime. Yeah, so. It's kind of like this show. We really don't do much of anything and then we've got you on and we just talk. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Um, but I try not to eat too much because you don't want to be all weighted down before you play. So so I just hang out in the dressing room playing my guitar and, and that's about it. This is a true story. Um, I did a um, an interview with you backstage at the Riviera years ago. I think it was maybe one of your first shows with Miles. And we were in your dressing room and you were telling me that you had a Chicago guy at the time that was doing your dressing room. Do you remember that story? Yeah, Sam. Sam. He's still working with us. Yeah. Really? He's a, a Chicago guy. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have a lot of history here, actually. I got family from here. My my. My girlfriend, who I've been with since, I mean, well, on and off, but since 1989, I met here in Chicago. She's from Chicago. Wow. And my, my ex-wife before her was from Chicago. 
So oh, man, kidding. you got a type. We just keep sucking you back in. Yeah, I love the Midwest. You back you know. in. <laughs> is Slash coming to town and hanging out at Water Tower, going to the mall downtown? Uh, no. on I'm mall guy. I, would. I, I think I had a Slash sighting at the Lego store. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, could, happen. <laughs> that could definitely happen. I love Lego. Slash's new album with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators is called Four Slash. Hold on. We're going to talk more with Slash coming up. Yeah. Now back to Pete. We're talking with Slash's new album with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators is called Four. Slash, you have two boys, right? Yeah. You have, um, I have a 16 year old. You have one that's a year older that's 17 and you have one that's probably 19 now. Yeah. Okay. So you have two boys. When you go to high school and, you know, go to an event, a parent event, are all the dads grabbing you and saying, Slash, come on over here. Let's take a picture together. Or is it pretty cool? It's for the most part, it's it's pretty cool. I don't hang around school too much. I didn't hang around school when I was in school. (laughs) I just don't feel comfortable around there. But, um, you know, I have my moments where I have to go in and be a dad and all that. And I, I did have, there were some, some birthday parties that I've been to and hung out with a couple dads (laughs) who are in completely different industry than I am. And it's always a very sort of memorable conversations with people who are like in the doctor profession and you're standing around (laughs) talking shop, you know? Um, So it's, 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 it's interesting. The kids are a little older now, so I don't hang out around with other dads as much as I did when they were younger. Are they into music? Any, anybody in a band? My youngest is, uh, He's more of an artist, like, you know, he like does amazing digital painting and stuff, but he also, he does these incredible beats, you know, cause he's a hip hop guy. So he does all these incredible beats and he writes piano music to it. And it's really, really good, but I don't think he has any designs on doing it professionally. Whereas my other son, London, uh, the older one is a drummer in a band called St. Electric. That's actually opening for um, Dirty Honey in San Diego. Wow. So, yeah, he's a really good drummer. So it's 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 interesting for me. It's actually it's hard to even put into words just because I didn't have anything to do with him picking up the instrument directly. You know, um, he just all of a sudden started playing drums, and he has a real natural aptitude for it. And it's just a trip for me to see that. So have you guys awesome. played together on stage? On stage, no, but he, I have jammed with him in the studio a couple times, and he's opened up for Guns a couple times, or at least That's once. So rad. Um, yeah, in festivals. Uh-huh. Does wow. he give you feedback then on like your new album? Is he like, well, you know, dad. <laughs> he, no, he, he, he's very critical. You know, like he comes to shows. He was at a show in L.A. on this tour just a couple like a couple weeks ago. And he's like, oh, you guys are really, really good. And, and Brent's playing really great. You know, like I didn't <laughs> know. <laughs> he's like, and, you know, it's just that kind of thing. But um, we, it's, it's cool because, you know, he calls me up. He goes, well, I'm driving out to San Diego for a gig. And uh, can I have some gas money? <laughs> uh, that's so perfect. On the new album, is there a solo that you love the most? Because we all think of you as like such a great guitar soloist. Is there one that just like you get into it every time? Um, not, I mean, not really. It's because it, you know what it is, is that you're so attached to the record. It just came out and you're really close to it and and you you don't really differentiate one being better than another because they're all have their own meaning uh, the whole record was live so there's a lot of improv on it so that awesome. solo was very very fluid for a one-off 
you know, so I thought that was pretty cool. I wanted to ask you about that. How come more bands and Lisa's a musician and she's talked about this, more bands don't do it live because, you know, somebody's uh, at, on one coast and another person's on another coast and you're wearing headphones. Some magic when you're all this in the same room. It's a different magic. This is what's wrong with the whole. I mean, I don't want to say the industry because, you know, a lot of stuff is fabricated and doesn't matter. It works great that way. Katy Perry doesn't need to be in the same place. <laughs> yeah, as her drummer. No. Right. And it works. But for rock and roll, it is it is primarily organic music to begin with. It's an ensemble. It's like rock and roll, blues, classical and jazz all need to be played together. It's part of that. That's the, that music lends itself to the people Right. You feed off their energy. And but what happened is we got we got to a point of just getting lazy. And then you have all this amazing technology that makes it so you can make a record and not know how to play a note. And producers who I got to give a lot of credit to because they make records happen and they do all the heavy lifting for bands that are very, very popular that don't know how to play a song from one end to the other. So depressing. But yeah. So, you know, what happens is everybody's phoning it in. But I also have realized that kids, young kids now, this next generation of musicians have picked up on that and then gone back and discovered how it was done when it was just like you only have two takes to record a single and that's it. And everybody had to play together and you actually had to know what you're doing. And uh, kids are picking up on on that and just learning how to really learn how to play and do rock and roll pop, you know, properly. So it's exciting to see what's going to be happening over the next five years. But yeah, just getting everybody getting in the, into a room together and playing the song and, and learning the material is something that has become a little bit sort of blasé at this point. But it's right. really the life out of the music. Think about all the the old bands like Led Zeppelin and Aerosmith oh, yeah. and Springsteen. They're always in the same room together. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's how it works. That's where the magic comes from. Mm-hmm. And so when we did this, like I've always, ever since we started, always strived to do everything live. But I always had a problem with headphones. So I would do a scratch track with the rest of the band for the energy. And then I would go into the control room and play in front of the monitors really loud. Right. right. But I, I always said, why can't we just play in the room with the amps like the faces did back in 1972? Right. Oh, well, we just, you know, there's bleed and producers just want to be in control of all the sounds so that they can manipulate them however they want but we didn't have those luxuries back then right so all these years i've always wanted to do it where you just have the back line on the floor the way you would in a club and just mic everything up and go for it and dave cobb allowed us to do that so it was really liberating to to go in and you know get up go down learn the song and we get the arrangement together play it a few times learn it and then record it live and everybody had to be on so that you didn't have to record it yet again right i mean that's Hearing that's a great way to do it describe that i like seriously it just sounded so sexy to me i'm like real people in a room together yeah. it's like it, eye it's, contact. A, it's actually a lot like sex yes. <laughs> there's a give and a take and yeah, people are in the same like if you're if somebody pre-recorded half of the song you can't change the tempo you can't push anything forward or pull it back no you're all together you could manipulate it in real time to make magic you can make mistakes actually sound like they were on purpose just by looking at the other guy and going all right you know and you sort of keep it 
Yeah. 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 But I mean, you're playing off of each other. So somebody can change what they're doing in an instant because they see what's about to happen. And so they can sort of make something up that goes along with it. And it's just, there's a, it's a lot of stuff going on. And the thing is, is, is that when you listen to records like that, people don't know why it sounds like that or why it has that energy. It just does. And right. that's, now that a lot of records, most records don't have that, they don't know what's missing. They're like, Oh, this is okay. <laughs> But I, yeah. something's missing. I don't know what it is. It's usually that it's sort of slash. spontaneous thing that's missing. So yeah, I just I just want to be known by one name, man. I, Rob. That's it. Yeah. Slash Rob <laughs> appearing tonight. It's all good. <laughs> and it's so much easier to spell. You know, when you when you're handwriting to sign. You know, slash. It's uh, it's it's great to talk to you. I love you, man. I love that you continue to come on the show. And you and Miles Kennedy are magic together. You know, I love GNR and I love you. And I'm so happy for you with this new album. Okay. Thank you, thank you. And we're having a blast. And I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, thank you, brother. Slash, everybody. Good. How about a big round Thanks, of applause slash. for Slash? Yeah. Man. Woo! Yes. Slash. All right. Thanks, man. We'll uh, see you soon. <laughs> All right. Take care. See ya. See ya. More of the Pete McMurray Show next. <laughs> 